Welcome to the Doc Washburn Show, the show that talks about what you actually care about. Minutes after each live stream is completed, the Doc Washburn Show podcast is available for download at all your favorite podcast platforms. The Doc Washburn Show is on Twitter and Facebook, and you can email us at contact at docwashburnshow.com. This is episode 124 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. It's Thursday, April 7th, 2022. U.S. Senate approves historic nominee to United States Supreme Court. That's right, our very first pedophile enabler. Details coming up on today's bombshell episode of the Doc Washburn Show. But first, yes, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. Yes, it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. No, my old employer wouldn't allow me to say that on the radio. And yes, there's all kinds of evidence out there. A lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. And yes, we must keep the January 6th political prisoners in our prayers. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. I'm running for governor of Arkansas. One of only two people running for the Republican nomination, the only conservative running. If you'd like to support that, the website is electdocwashburn.com. All right, so what happened? What happened today, Thursday, April 7th, 2022? Well, I'll tell you. Thank you to three Republican senators. Mitt Romney, Susan Collins, Mitt Romney, Utah, Susan Collins, Maine, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska. They were the three Republicans who voted to to approve the pedophile enabler. Ketanji Brown Jackson to the U.S. Supreme Court. Yeah, it didn't matter to them. It didn't matter to them that she always, always, always shows great lenience, not only to people who possess child pornography, but to uh, people who rape small children. Yep, that didn't matter. Why? Because they're racists. Because they're afraid to vote against somebody who's black and female. Anyway, here's what Susie Moore says over at Red State. And perhaps the least suspenseful vote regarding a Supreme Court nominee in years. Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson has officially been confirmed as the next justice on the high court. The final vote was 53 to 47, reflecting the procedural vote on Monday evening. On the discharge petition advancing the nomination to the Senate floor following the deadlock in the Senate Judiciary Committee. Of course, all 50 Democrats voted to confirm Judge Jackson. They were joined again by Republicans Lisa Murkowski, Alaska, Susan Collins, Maine, and Mitt Romney, Utah, in that confirmation vote. The announcement comes amidst Recognition of the historic nature of the appointment, given that Jackson will become the first black woman. Just don't ask her how to define it. 
to serve on the court. Yeah, she she doesn't know how to define the word woman because she's not a biologist. Remember that? Trivia note, she'll actually be the third Jackson to serve. Howell Edmonds Jackson of Tennessee was appointed by President Benjamin Harrison and served from 1893 to 1895. Robert Howalt Jackson of New York was appointed by FDR and served from 1941 to 1954. According to the Associated Press, Jackson will be just the third black justice after Thurgood Marshall and Clarence Thomas and the sixth woman. She will join three other women, Sonia Sotomayor, Elena Kagan, Amy Coney Barrett, meaning that four of the nine justices will be women for the first time in history. Yeah, who cares? Justice Jackson will be seated once Justice Stephen Breyer retires this summer at the end of the current Supreme Court term. The court's next term will begin in October. So here's the deal. Um, This is a horrible appointment because she has always shown leniency, not only to people with kiddie porn, but also um, to people who rape very young children. So in an, in in a sane world, she never could have gotten anywhere near the U.S. Supreme Court. And also in a sane world, the Republican Party would be in the process of kicking Mitt Romney, Susan Collins, and Lisa Murkowski, Murkowski out. But they're not going to. That's not going to happen. See, that would be impolite. It's just like uh, Asa Hutchinson, governor of Arkansas, who vetoed a bill to protect children from chemical castration because he said it would be wrong to keep children with gender dysphoria, 8, 9, 10 years old, from being chemically castrated. Okay, so he should have been kicked out of the Republican Party as soon as he did that. The overwhelming majority of Republicans in the state legislature voted to override his veto. God bless him for that. But uh, no, that's not the way we operate. You know what they always say? The Democrat Party is the evil party and the Republican Party is the stupid party. Surely you've heard that before, right? Yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons why right there. Yes, Biden's radical leftist Supreme Court nominee confirmed. That's what townhall.com says. Yeah. Who is it? Uh, Spencer Brown over townhall.com. One of the narrowest. Supreme Court confirmation votes in history, the final step in Judge Jackson's path to a lifetime appointment on the highest court in the United States, follows a much less chaotic set of hearings than Democrats and their leftist activists made Trump's appointees go through. There are no disruptions inside the Senate Judiciary Committee's hearing room as senators questioned Judge Jackson. No baseless accusations of sexual misconduct in anyone's past. No demands for additional investigations. No public criticism of family members and no Michael Avenatti type characters. Instead, Republican members of the Senate Judiciary Committee 
engaged in respectful but tough questioning that sought to elicit information about Judge Jackson's judicial philosophy. None was provided. Concerns about Judge Jackson's stated belief that critical race theory should meld with the Constitution to determine judicial decisions were brushed aside as obscure conspiracy theories. There were questions that sought to get at her underlying ideology, but all senators and watchers learned was that Biden's Harvard-educated nominee, who was chosen first due to her gender and race, could not even define the word, word woman, nor say when life begins or when the Constitution's protections apply to a life. Even though Democrats in the White House withheld documents about Judge Jackson's record, Republicans still dug into her record as a member of the United States Sentencing Commission and a judge. Her troubling pattern of giving child porn offenders sentences that were significantly less than federal guidelines recommended was dismissed by the mainstream media as unimportant. Republicans who asked why Judge Jackson deviated from the guidelines, even in cases dealing with egregious offenders, were made out to be sexist, racist, or both. In the end, the damaging information Republicans brought to light in the hearings that Judge Jackson could not explain her judicial philosophy, doesn't hold a position on natural rights, gave lenient sentences to child porn offenders, etc., proved unable to sway any Democrats or convince all their fellow caucus members to at least oppose Biden's nominee. Senators Collins, Murkowski, and Romney broke ranks, chose to help Biden's nominee across the finish line while giving Democrats the ability to say the soon-to-be Justice Jackson was confirmed with bipartisan support. Most inexplicably, Senator Romney chose to support Judge Jackson's confirmation despite the fact that he opposed her confirmation to a lower court less than a year ago. Yeah. Yeah, how about them apples? But again, there's no way, there's no way the Republican Party is going to in any way punish the folks that uh, that voted for her on the Republican side. Mitt Romney, Lisa Murkowski, Susan Collins. Nope. Not going to happen. Because that's not the way they operate. They don't care. They absolutely, positively don't care. And you need to understand that. And that's why the rhinos need to be replaced. You know? That's why the rhinos need to be replaced. If you want more of the same, hey, forget about me running for governor and just vote for Sarah Huckabee Sanders. But if you're sick and tired of the same old thing, if you're sick and tired of Walmart and the Chamber of Commerce 
shoving their liberal ideologies down our throats and running the state of Arkansas. ElectDocWashburn.com. I don't need 13 million like Sarah has. I don't even need 1.3 million. Don't even need 10% of it. If I get 1%, 130,000, I'll win. That's all we need to get our message out there. So we'd appreciate your help on that. All right, a wonderful article here from the wonderful retired Colonel Kurt Schlichter. Over Town Hall, it's entitled, Destroy Disney. And he says, nothing personal, but the mouse must die. The mouse mouse must die. Oh, wait. It is personal, especially for people with little kids who this giant corporation has targeted at the behest of the minority of blue-haired, nose-ringed strangos in its employ. That Walt Disney is likely turning over in his cryogenic chamber beneath the Disneyland castle is irrelevant. The man who created an an American institution is gone, as is said American institution. It's now a global institution, and the America part is vastly outweighed by the Chinese communist component. We used to trust Disney to take care of our kids, not take them over. Well, it made its choice, and it's time to make ours. The Republicans must figuratively post Mickey's soon-to-be public domain head on a pike. This is what happens to corporations that cross us. And cross us, Disney did. It did not have to stick Donald's beak into Florida's fight to keep grooming perverts from messing with first-graders' heads. But stick it did, mewling and howling about the unfairness of Ron DeSantis taking the bullseye off our little ones. It promised to use its power to change the law, not just by advocacy, but with contributions and veiled threats to pack up and go. To which Ron the Avenger replied, pack your... I got a word. Oh, it's Adam Schiff's last name. Schiff, yeah. DeSantis understands the use of power. He's got it. Disney thought it did, but what Disney really has is a vast array of special breaks that helped make it the hulking, monopolistic monstrosity it is today. Look at Disney World in Orlando. A zillion-dollar resort city made possible by a huge spate of special laws that effectively make it a government unto itself. And look at the copyright laws. Mickey should have fallen out of protection decades ago, but the expiration of the 1920s cartoon rodent IP just kept getting pushed back by Congress. It's now going to be open season on Mickey in 2024 unless another extension gets granted. It better not be. Once it was understandable, if a bit cronyish, that Disney got what it wanted from various governmental entities. Disney was, well, Disney's. Disney World was a place Republican senators loved to take their grandkids as much as anyone else. And if expanding copyright periods let them keep Mickey in the cage, sure. Disney was beloved. It was trusted. We all grew grew up on it. And then Disney treated decades of trust like Pluto the dog treats a fire hydrant. Disney used its power not for good but for evil. And more specifically, to mess around with us normal people who don't think sex pests should get free access to school kids and then threaten us with its power. No, 
Not even. Ron DeSantis should strip Disney of its special bequests in Florida. It's not like Disney can move its city elsewhere. Congress should laugh Disney's lobbyists out of the Capitol when they come begging for new copyright dispensation. And we should not be shy about letting Disney know why. You mess with us, now you have to pay. For too long, conservatives did the bidding of the big corporations, but until recently, the big corporations generally use their political power only to carve out special breaks and deals. That was kind of obnoxious, but we were not the target. Corporations rarely dared turn their power on us on social issues. That was the deal. Then they broke the deal. They decided to take a side against us. Disney was not alone. Now even Oreo is trying to sell us cookies with creamy woke filling. Unacceptable. Now they must pay. Some conservatives cry out about the unfairness of the government acting against a company for using its power to affect politics and the culture. But our power is through the government and the politicians we elect. We are not morally obligated to be powerless in order to satisfy ideological sticklers, arbitrary dictates. Why does Disney get to use its power, but we cannot? How is that right or fair? Now, the arrangement before was that we would not use our political power against companies, but also the companies like Disney would not use their power against us. Disney changed the rules. Why are we somehow obligated to pretend that never happened and that the old rules are still in effect? Well, we aren't. While David French might not like it, we are never going to accept being told, quote, we are going to use our political and cultural power to promote the sexualization of children, but you are morally foreclosed by using the one tool you have to stop it, unquote. Of course, we certainly encourage Disney to whine about how we're being mean by responding to its attack on our kids, but only so we can laugh at it. Disney picked this fight, and luckily we had Ron DeSantis instead of a Christy Nome or an Asa Hutchinson there to defend what is right against the Chamber of Commerce contingent that never met a big corporation and didn't slobber over. The GOP needs to understand the big corporations have thrown in their lot with the enemy and that the old rules that once held us back are canceled, repealed, and kaput. It is time to use our political power to deny those who side against us the breaks and benefits that used to be available when the corporations were culturally neutral. Let them beg the Democrats. Hey, they give Democrats all their money nowadays anyway, so they might as well get something for it. And to those reticent about flexing our muscles, here's the thing. The corporations taking aim at our kids are getting off lucky. Ron DeSantis could be passing the Informed Resort Customer Information Act, requiring that any company cavorting with a Chinese communist disclose in every theater and resort with big signs, fill-in-the-blank company does business with the genocidal communist Chinese regime. Come to think of it, he should do that too. And other corporations, take note, next November, the party of people you have been messing with will have majorities in both houses. Hey, aren't those old rules looking really good right now? That's Kurt Schlichter over townhall.com, article entitled, Destroy Disney. Sounds like a good idea. Sounds like a good idea to me.
But we got more at townhall.com. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, we certainly have more. For our uh, listeners in Arkansas. Oh, yeah. For our listeners in Arkansas. One coming up called Another Possible 2024 Challenger Steps Forward. And he may be the most delusional yet. That's coming up in mere moments. First of all, thank you so much to our advertisers for making it possible for us to do what we do. If you try to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage that you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including the freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are in the continental United States. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website that puts you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry. Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button entitled Explore Payment Options. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions that then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom, the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live in the continental U.S., RedRiverYourWay.com. You will be glad you did. All right, now, talk about government overreach. We do that often on the Doc Washington Show, don't we? Hey, are you like most Americans? Did Obamacare, the so-called Affordable Care Act, make your health care more expensive? Does your health insurance premium feel like a second mortgage? Does your sky-high deductible prevent you from going to the doctor? Do your sky-high copays keep you from going to the doctor? If you answered yes to any of those questions, there's a website you need to go to. It's called my MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. When you click on MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, you see the big, bold letters, affordable plans. Save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co-pays, and then the big red button, schedule, call now. You click that big red button, and you get to book a free consultation with my friend Art Wilborn. We'll make sure there are no gaps in your coverage. He'll also make sure your personalized health coverage doesn't give you a plan that would force you to cover horrible things like abortion that would violate your deeply held religious beliefs. MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. Affordable plans. Save 30 to 50% on premiums. Personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co-pays. Hit the big red button, schedule call now. Book a free consultation with my friend Art Wilborn. 
We'll make sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Save money on your insurance at MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. You'll be glad you did. Now, here's an interesting question. Does your financial advisor take the time to listen and get to know you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? When you work with Jonathan Presswood, he focuses on what's important to you. He uses an established process to help you achieve your unique goals, whether that's preparing for retirement, making your money last in retirement, planning your estate or inheritance, preparing for the unexpected, or anything else. Jonathan Presswood can help. What should you do if you leave a job and have a 401k or other retirement plan? Or if you're getting close to retirement or already in retirement? Call my friend Jonathan Presswood today. He will help you create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And he'll partner together with you to help your strategy stay on track no matter what life throws at you. Listen, we can all dream of having a perfect retirement. But how many of us will actually experience it? No matter where you are today, Jonathan Presswood is offering a free retirement analysis to figure out where you'd like to be and what it will take to get you there. And there's no obligation. Contact Jonathan Presswood, a financial advisor with Edward Jones Investments, today at 501-303-4844. Again, that's 501-303-4844. Don't wait. Call him today. 501-303-4844. Now, if you're like me, you have a hard time remembering phone numbers, just go to docwashburnshow.com, click on Jonathan Presswood at Edward Jones, and it'll take you right to the website. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member, S-I-P-C. All right, the great Bonchi over at uh, redstate.com has the article, Another possible 2024 challenger steps forward, and he may be the most delusional yet. Yes, he is. Oh, yes, he is. I know him well. He is the most delusional. There's no question. And here's what he says. Just when you thought Maryland Rhino Governor Larry Hogan was the most delusional 2024 hopeful, Another has stepped to the forefront and said, hold my beer. Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson has proclaimed that the option is open for him to enter what already promises to be a crowded field, almost certainly headlined by former President Donald Trump. In order to understand how laughable a possible Hutchinson run is, you need to gain a grasp of how he has governed. While Hogan, in Maryland, at least has the excuse of being in a deep blue state, Hutchinson heads up one of the reddest states in the Union. Still, he has governed as an establishment coward, seemingly more concerned about a future Walmart Walmart board position than doing the will of those who voted for him. As RedState.com reported previously, Hutchinson chose to veto a bill that would have stopped males from competing in women's sports. In all his wisdom, the governor then went on Tucker Carlson's show where he was rhetorically beheaded by Tucker Carlson. 
Okay, now wait a minute. That's not what the bill was about. The bill was about protecting children from being sterilized. I mean, that's, I mean, he even links to it. Republican Arkansas governor vetoes ban on transgender treatments on minors. His reason is why Republicans lose. It wasn't about males in female sports. It was about protecting minor children and prepubescent children from puberty blockers. Anyway, Hutchinson tried to couch his veto in platitudes about government overreach because he thinks Republicans are stupid enough to buy that. In a news conference, Hutchinson said, and I quote, this is a government overreach. You're starting to let lawmakers interfere with health care and set a standard for legislation overriding health care. The state should not presume to jump into every ethical health decision, unquote. Oh, you mean how abortions are banned for underage children in Arkansas? Or how you can't just shoot up your 10-year-old with Botox? The idea that the government doesn't already protect children by stopping certain so-called health care treatments is simply false. Why would the same principle not apply to something as serious as attempting to transition a 12-year-old or an 8-year-old or a 4-year-old for that matter? No, no, never forget. When so-called medical experts were testifying against this bill, Senator Bart Hester, God bless him, asked Little Rock pediatrician Natalie Burr from Little Rock Pediatrics if four years old was too young to come to the conclusion that you're assigned the wrong gender at birth. And she said four years old is not too young to start the counseling process. Well, you know, sometimes the counseling process only takes a few months. So you want to give a five-year-old puberty blockers. That's great, Dr. Burr. That's just great. Going back to the article here. Worse, Hutchinson then went on Meet the Press and proceeded to trash conservatives who have sought to use the power given to them to protect children, whether we're talking about transgender ideology, abortion, or anything else. Like all members of the Squish Caucus, he desperately desires approval from the mainstream media. In the end, these ill-advised 2024 presidential runs are only going to splinter the field and help the front runner, which is ironic given Hutchinson is anti-Trump and does not want him to be the nominee. If the goal is to stop Trump, I can't think of a dumber strategy. Yet arrogance seems to drive these establishment Republicans to the point where they can't accept the fact that no one wants to do wants them to do anything but retire. Hutchinson has earned some lucrative payoff from a woke corporation once he leaves the governor's mansion. He should take that and leave the delusional presidential runs to others. Now remember... Governor Asa Hutchinson, that is the one. That's the governor. And Sarah Huckabee Sanders, my opponent in the Republican primary for governor, says has been doing a good job. A good job. Wow. Somebody in the Podbean app says, I met a 16-year-old boy yesterday from Britain who was about to have surgery to be a girl. 
I said, that's a bigger decision than buying a house, and you're not old enough to buy a house. What on earth? I pleaded with him to reconsider for a few years. I hope he does. Yeah, I hope so, too. Be praying for that boy. Yeah, that's... uh. That is really, really sad that that kind of thing is going on. And it's really, really sad that a governor who believes in chemical castration of children wasn't kicked out of the Republican Party. I mean, that's insane. They should have gotten rid of him just like that. There's no excuse for it. No excuse for it, whatever. But they didn't. But they didn't. All right. Um, well, no, it, it's kind of a big deal. It's kind of a big deal when you're in a small state like Arkansas and your governor somehow gets uh, national attention. Now, Probably not the kind of national attention that he would want. Nonetheless, he gets national attention. All right. um, Oh, I know what I wanted to do. Thomas Massey, U.S. Representative from uh, Kentucky, um yeah he had he had something pretty good today and i had it open and then i think i had to uh reboot the computer all right here we go here we go congressman massey introduces bill to repeal federal gun free school zones act Representative Thomas Massey announced his reintroduction of the Safe Students Act, H.R. 7415. The Safe Students Act repeals the Gun-Free School Zones Act of 1990, eliminating that act's one-size-fits-all federal ban on guns and school zones. Enactment of the Safe Students Act would make it easier for state and local governments and school boards to unambiguously set their own firearms policies. Representative Massey said gun-free zones are ineffective and make our schools less safe. Since 1950, 98% of mass public shootings have occurred in places where citizens are banned from having guns. Banks, churches, sports stadiums, and many of my colleagues in Congress are protected with firearms. Yet children inside the classroom are too frequently left vulnerable. Representative Jeff Duncan, Republican South Carolina, said, The only thing gun-free zones do is disarm 
law-abiding citizens that take away their ability to protect themselves and others. We shouldn't leave our most vulnerable, our children, in an unsafe environment like gun-free zones where acts of violence cannot be stopped. Dudley Brown, president of the National Association for Gun Rights, said, Gun-free school zones are a lie. It doesn't make guns magically disappear. They only make criminals out of the people who will protect our children. Repealing this ludicrous federal law would put criminals on notice they can't commit heinous acts in schools with impunity any longer. Aiden Johnston, Director of Federal Affairs, Gun Owners America, said his group is proud to support Representative Thomas Massey's bill to repeal the Unconstitutional Gun-Free School Zones Act, which disarms parents and teachers and leaves our children's schools as soft targets for violent criminals. Gun-free zones infringe on the right to keep and bear arms for law-abiding citizens, and the federal government has no business prohibiting firearms in certain locations. Diana Muller, founder of the D.C. Project, Women for Gun Rights said, We all agree that protecting our children is a priority. The D.C. Project fully supports the Safe Students Act and applauds Congressman Massey and his colleagues for their leadership to ensure parents and teachers can lawfully carry and protect our kids. This bill, originally introduced by Representative Ron Paul in 2007, repeals the Gun-Free Zone, the Gun-Free Safe Zone Act, a law that makes it unlawful for any individual knowingly to possess a firearm at a place the individual knows or has reasonable cause to believe is a school zone. In 1995, the Supreme Court held that that act was unconstitutional, which prompted Congress to amend the bill in 1996. The Supreme Court has not ruled the Constitution on the constitutionality of the amended act. So, the original co-sponsors of this bill include Representatives Andy Biggs, all, all Republicans, Arizona, Lauren Boebert, Colorado, Mo Brooks, Alabama, James Comer, Kentucky, Andrew Clyde, Georgia, Jeff Duncan, South Carolina, Matt Gates, Florida, Louis Gomer, Texas, Paul Gosar, Arizona, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Georgia, Jody Heiss, Georgia, uh, Doug LaMalfa, California, Tom McClintock, California, Mary Miller, Illinois, Alex Mooney, West Virginia, Matt Rosendale, Montana, and Chip Roy, Texas. Now, I don't know if you noticed, uh, if you're a resident of Arkansas, not a one of your representatives signed on as a sponsor for the bill. Just so you know, just so you know, just in case you're interested, just thought you might want to know. So, now if somebody said they were going to send me a message on the Doc Washburn show page and I can't find, I can't find the inbox anymore on the Doc Washburn show page. Isn't that crazy? Can't find the inbox. Oh, well. Let me check the, uh, the Doc Washburn my, my personal Facebook page. Maybe it's in there somewhere. Let me just double check. Uh, no. Nope. Don't see it in there either. 
That's weird. Hmm. All right, we'll figure it out somehow or another. Still a lot to talk about. Um, Not the least of which is how thankful we are for our advertisers. Let me mention a couple of them to you. My friend Justin Minton, M-I-N-T-O-N, in Benton. Minton in Benton. Benton, Arkansas. Is a former insurance adjuster who left the insurance industry who left the insurance industry to become a private lawyer, founded the Minton Law Firm to help injured people fight against powerful insurance companies and corporations, and he's really helped me out in the three automobile accidents I've been in since 2019. Now, the Minton Law Firm has a great team of lawyers, including the 2016 Trial Lawyer of the Year and the 2016 Outstanding Young Lawyer of the Year. The insurance companies take Justin Minton and his team of lawyers seriously because they know they can and will take your case to trial if need be. So whether you want to go to trial or settle out of court, it's a really good idea to have a knowledgeable trial attorney on your side. Justice team aims to bring justice to clients who've been injured and need somebody to stand up for them. No matter what the injury, Justin meant to make sure the mental law firm always works hard for you. Whether you're in a car wreck, hurt on the job, or you are a loved one suffering from the carelessness of another, Justin Mental Law is here to help you. Just call the Minton Law Firm, 501-943-4195, if you're in Arkansas. Or visit justinmintonlaw.com today. All right, let me tell you about the best-kept secret in American healthcare. And here's the question. Why, why would it matter to you? Well, do you have migraines? Do you have neck pain? Do you have back pain? Do you have vertigo? How about acid reflux? How about um, problems with your blood sugar? Any of that stuff? Well, if you do, let me ask you this. Look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Look at a picture of yourself. Do you lean to the left or the right instead of sitting up straight or standing up straight? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, you probably need to get your atlas adjusted. That's how I got rid of my migraines, my neck pain, even my hay fever. Let me tell you how it works. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, or C1, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for that atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It can affect your respiratory system, your circulatory system, reproductive system, digestive system. And yes, it can cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, even hay fever. Problems with your blood sugar, for that matter. Do yourself a favor. If you're in Arkansas, call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted. If you're outside Arkansas, just go to the website, turnmypoweron.com, and click on the link that says find a doctor near you. And I sure hope you can do that. By the way, as we're talking about all kinds of stuff today, just a reminder that none of Jeffrey Epstein's clients 
the people that uh, flew down to his uh, pedophile island there, Lolita Island on Lolita Express, to uh, be with underage females. None of them have ever been prosecuted, have they? Nope. Oh, and by the way, he didn't kill himself. Wow, man. No, I think, you know, well, Glenn Maxwell, of course, was certainly guilty of plenty. And so, you know, uh, she definitely, it definitely was right to send her away. But the problem is that nobody else is being held accountable. Right? So she was just like the scapegoat, right? Not holding anybody else accountable. And that's the problem. That's a big problem. I guess... uh, I guess they didn't want too much to come out, you know. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Didn't want too much to come out. Could have gotten a little dicey there, you know. How many times was Bill Clinton on the Lolita Express? What, over two dozen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't have that coming out. Got to protect uh, anybody with a D by their name. And uh, you know he didn't actually kill himself, right? I mean, just for what it's worth. I don't think Vince Foster killed himself either, but that's uh, ancient history at this point. I don't think he killed himself. I mean, if he did, he sure didn't do it in that park, but again, that's, um, that's ancient history at this point. All right, now, Have you heard about the big story about the the compromise of the U.S. Secret Service? I mean, you probably won't hear about it if you turn on Fox News because it's all Ukraine all the time. But, see, there's actually other news going on, you know? Scott Johnson over Powerline blog has it compromising the Secret Service, the name of the article. says here, two men of Washington, D.C., as they are identified in the prosecutor's press release, were arrested yesterday for impersonating federal officers in a scheme that appears to have involved efforts to compromise the Secret Service. Michael Balsamo lays out the basic elements of the case in this story from the AP. Federal prosecutors on Wednesday charged two men they say were posing as federal agents, giving free apartments and other gifts to U.S. Secret Service agents, including one who worked on the First Lady's security detail. The two men, 
Arian Teharzada and Haider Ali were taken into custody as more than a dozen FBI agents charged into a luxury apartment building in southeast Washington Wednesday evening. Prosecutors allege Teharzada and Ali have falsely claimed to work for the Department of Homeland Security and work on a special task force investigating gang and violence connected to the January 6th insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. They allege the two pose as law enforcement officers to integrate with actual federal agents. Teherzada is accused of providing Secret Service officers and agents with rent-free apartments, including a penthouse worth over 40000 a year, along with iPhones, surveillance systems, a drone, flat-screen television, a generator, gun case, and other policing tools, according to court documents. He also offered to let them use a black GMC SUV that he identified as an official government vehicle, according to prosecutors. In one instance, Teherzada offered to purchase a $2,000 assault rifle for a Secret Service agent who was assigned to protect the First Lady. Prosecutors said four Secret Service employees were placed on leave earlier this week as part of the investigation. The plot unraveled when the U.S. Postal Inspection Service began investigating an assault involving a mail carrier at the apartment building, and the two men, pardon me, and the men identified themselves as being part of a phony Homeland Security unit they called the U.S. Special Police Investigation Unit. Prosecutors say the men had also set up surveillance in the building and had been telling residents there that they could access any of their cell phones at any time. The residents also told investigators they believed the men had access to their personal information. So, that's part from the AP. Scott Johnson, Powerline blog, says, A certain discretion governs the allegations so far. Authorities do not detail what, if anything, the men were aiming to accomplish by posing as law enforcement officers or by providing the gifts. Prosecutors said the investigation remains ongoing. Sophie Reardon's story over CBS News reviews the supporting affidavit in more detail. Scott Johnson said he had been unable to find a copy of that affidavit itself online. WUSA 9, TV station, Washington, D.C., describes the men arrested yesterday as D.C. men in a story by Alania Kremen and Ryan Sprouse that accompanies the WUSA 9 video. Scott Johnson says he assumes that's based on the press release issued by the U.S. Attorney for the District of Columbia. The press release characterizes them as of Washington, D.C. Michael Duran wonders about a possible Iranian connection to the men. The men are to be arraigned in federal court sometime today. A possible Iranian connection. He says the nationality and goals of these men are curiously omitted. Hmm, are they Iranian? Did the IRGC penetrate the Secret Service? Why aren't we told? Inquiring minds need to know. Two men poses agents gave gifts to Secret Service officers. Well, you know, one of the things that uh, the Biden administration apparently is in the process of doing is taking off the terrorist designation to the Iranian uh, Republic Guard Corps, which are terrorists, and that would allow them just to come and go in and out of the USA. And that would be a really bad uh, thing because, see, they like to kill Americans. 
you know? They like to kill Americans. Biden doesn't care. Obama doesn't care. George Soros doesn't care. Klaus Schwab, World Economic Forum, doesn't care. None of them care. None of them care. So, anyway. That having been said, So, um, yeah, we're going to have to deal with this. I was at the Pulaski County Republican Women's Club recently, and um, and their chaplain shared a verse out of the Apostle Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, Ephesians 6.12. And it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And we are in a battle against evil. His perfect example, Jen Psaki, White House Press Secretary. Every major medical association agrees that gender-affirming health care for transgender kids is a best practice and potentially life-saving. Okay. So she is in favor not only of chemical castration, but of surgical castration. Mastectomies on 12-year-old girls. Got it? Surgical castration of 12-year-old boys. That's evil. That's evil. Any way you look at it, this is the only, only conclusion you can come to. That's evil. The same kind of evil that the so-called Republican governor of Arkansas was in favor of. I mean, that's why he vetoed the bill to protect children from it, right? Because Walmart told him to. Because Murphy Oil told him to. Because Chamber of Commerce told him to. Yeah. That's the deal. And it's evil. No question. No question about it. Okay, so. That having been said. Um, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, we, we can do that. We can do that. Let me... Um, Yeah, yeah, it's about time. Hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. 
brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. RedRiverYourWay.com, big old car dealership in the middle of the USA. Believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice online the way you want to. Have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental U.S. Today's tweet of the day from the great Margot Cleveland. Congratulations to Justice Katanji Brown Jackson, the Supreme Court's first female African-American justice. Or maybe the second. Maybe not at all. I mean, who can tell? I mean, none of us are biologists, right? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. Um, where am I going tonight? Oh, that's right. I'm going to the um, going to the Garland County Republican Party meeting. Have I mentioned that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me tell you where that's going to be. In case you're listening to this before 6 p.m. Central, Garland County Republican Party. Meeting 615 Grand Avenue, the McGrew Building. Um, tomorrow night, Jackson County Republican Barbecue Bash, the Jackson Park, Jacksonport State Park. Um, then coming up um, Saturday, Bill of Rights, Arkansas. Meeting 1 o'clock Saturday at the Paragool Community Center. And um, Mammoth Spring meet and greet. 418 VFW Drive, Mammoth Spring at 5 o'clock Saturday. I'm going to be all over the place, y'all. Not even going to lie, fam. I'm going to be all over the place. So I'm excited and I'm looking forward to it. No two ways about it. So uh, the great Jack Posobiec asks, will Katanji Brown-Jackson celebrate her confirmation with a trip to Disney? I mean, it would stand to reason, right? It would only make sense, right? So... Nancy Pelosi was going to go visit Taiwan and Communist China warned her not to, and all of a sudden she comes down with COVID. Well, that's uh, that's some interesting timing, isn't it? I mean, surely you don't think. Yeah. Sure, I think so. Of course. Of course. That's why she didn't go. Anyway. Um, let's uh, let's check in with uh, Victor Davis Hanson. Victor Davis Hanson, interviewed by, well, the great Victor Davis Hanson, interviewed by the great uh, John uh, Jekeliak, probably mispronouncing it. 
over the epictimes.com. I think, I think you need to hear this. Uh, they got this, uh, a series called American Thought Leaders. It kind of strikes me when I look at how this machine, uh, I call it the megaphone in my mind at least, and it works, it, it actually kind of feels like war propaganda. Like this is kind of the U.S. contribution to the war in a way. Yeah, you know, it you is. You really wonder, you know, it was, were all these past efforts also kind of war propaganda? Well, we always do that. I mean, in World War II... As you know, the Soviet Union, when they divided up Poland, they butchered the NKVD. The, the, the military and secret police of the Soviet Union went in and murdered 22,000 Polish officers. And that was a fact. And the Germans then, when they uncovered the graves, they tried to publicize that. And in the United States, FDR went around and squashed Polish-American radio stations from beaming the truth because he thought it would hurt the war effort. So we were perfectly fine. We didn't find out the actual perpetrators in the common culture to the 1960s. So that's what we do. We get into propaganda. And how that relates to Ukraine is that we have... Uh, oh, there's a mystical Ukrainian pilot who's shooting down everybody. But it's a complete myth. Or uh, we interview one person who says, you know, these incredible stories of heroism. Or there's going to be a counterattack. And so we're getting a one-sided view. Yeah. Yeah, we are. I just got an update from uh, Natasha Bertrand over at CNN. And so it could be true. I mean, they tell the truth sometimes. About the story we had a little bit earlier about the people trying to compromise the Secret Service agents. She says, wow, investigators searching the apartments of the two men who allegedly posed as Department of Homeland Security agents say they found a loaded Glock 19, disassembled long guns, sniper spotting equipment, ammunition, handcuffs, radios, body armor, a surveillance drone, and several servers. Agents also found a binder with a list of all the names of people who lived in their apartment building, many of whom were law enforcement. In their initial hearing before a D.C. federal judge today, Prosecutor Josh Rothstein said that Teherzada deleted a Facebook page and that Ali had multiple Pakistani visas and claimed to be connected to the Inter-Services Intelligence of Pakistan. That's the ISI. That's kind of like their CIA. Yeah, I wonder what they were going to do. Well, you know, Pakistan was behind uh, Al-Qaeda. They hit out Osama bin Laden. Just a thought. Just a thought. Who knows? I mean, you know, even a blind squirrel can find an acorn eventually. Hey, you've been listening to Episode 124 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Manservice Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smooth Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansur Sempier the Tenth. Wow, that's the way it is. Thursday, April seventh, twenty twenty-two.